Atwater, Georgia. Welcome to the Prepare My Mission podcast, where our mission is to equip you for an effective mission trip abroad. We do that here by having honest conversations about what it looks like to live out our faith, not only on the international mission field, but here at home as well. Sitting across from me is my wife, Terry. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, CJ. And in this episode, we'll be talking about what we've learned uh, from kids in Africa. Uh, Then we'll be answering a listener's question about how to raise $6,000 for a long-term mission trip. Finally, we'll be updating you on what's new on our website. With that, let's get started. stepping away from your busy March Madness watching <laughs> schedule to record this podcast with me. Uh, I know that this is a, a stressful time in, in your life. Right. Well, in all um, fairness, the games haven't started yet today. So. They haven't. You're, <laughs> you have we are me recording for an hour. Little, we're recording early uh, for that reason. Exactly. Or at least part, partly that reason. Subconsciously. Now, now, my bracket, I don't care about because the only bracket I care about is what happens uh, on April 6th, which is opening, opening day, day for, for Braves baseball. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I just don't really care about NC State beating Villanova or, or whatever yeah. that happened. Um, <laughs> but I know that you, you, you have different opinions right. there. Yeah, well, I come from North Carolina. And North Carolina, see, the thing about Georgia is they are a football state. So people don't really get yeah. into basketball here like they do in North Carolina. That's true. But North Carolina, all we have is our college ball. At least that's my opinion. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. Uh, so it's been a part of my life, you know. Gosh, as long as I can remember. So all that to say, <laughs> thank you for stepping away from yes. your busy bracket schedule. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, and my bracket's for, doing well. I'm second in our in our group group. Oh, wow. So, knock on wood. <laughs> I don't want to well, jinx myself. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Right uh, today from here on out. Yeah. I'm like I'm. Last, last or something <laughs> but again nah, i don't care until april 6th till april 6th yeah. okay so this podcast is brought to you by uh, what our last podcast was brought to you by what every podcast we've done is brought to you by it's brought to you by ourselves uh, just so you know uh, we bring this to you by ourselves but uh, it's brought to you by our email list so we talked about this in our last podcast but we send out a weekly email called words on wednesday And it's an email that comes out on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. And this email has one purpose, uh, and it's to encourage you to live out the mission that God has for you. So no matter whether you're planning on going on on a mission trip later this year, or you're trying to live every week on mission uh, in your hometown, encouragement's important. You know, encouragement is crucial. Um, And this is just one sentence of encouragement, just one encouraging quote or a verse or something like that. It's a real quick win. It's not some long devotional that you sort of dread opening or, or something. You see it, takes four seconds to read, and you're done. It's a quick win. So if you want to join our email list and get this uh, one sentence of encouragement on Wednesday morning, visit preparemymission.com slash email, uh, and you can join us. And of course, like every email list, it's free. But sometimes you just got to say that, right? It's free. Right. Um, with that, we will move on. Uh, to our story time right here and uh, so keep listening
we've learned from kids in Africa. So Terry, we've both been to Africa. Um, you've been once on an right. extended trip. I've been a couple of times on shorter trips. Mm-hmm. And then I've also, um, like we've talked about in a previous episode uh, where we shared our stories, I've had the opportunity to work with a children's choir from Africa. Yeah. Um, and so I've, ha- I've spent a lot of time around kids in Africa and I've learned a couple of things. And I'm going to share some a story and what I've learned, and then we're going to bounce to you and bounce mm-hmm. back and forth for a few minutes. Sound cool. good? Yeah, let's do it. So the first thing that I've learned, um, it's going to sound a little funny at first, but it's just to be thankful for the gift of life. Mm-hmm. Now I can remember the first time I can remember the first time I heard uh, a child, an African child, pray. Mm-hmm. It was like an eight-year-old or something like that. And um, what hits me is part of their culture and part of what the way that they're taught to pray is um, obviously to be thankful up front. Right. And uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, how, how Jesus prayed. Right. Um, but the first thing that they would always be thankful for was the gift of life. And I've really never thought about um, thanking God for my life. Right. That, And I think it's part of their culture that they life is just so valuable uh, right. over there. And we take life for granted a lot of times in mm-hmm. our, in our you know, modern world. Um, so, uh, I just never thought that to look at life like as a gift. Because a, pro- a lot of the kids have probably lost somebody, lost multiple think, people or family, ma- you know. And I think that's part of it that obviously Africa has some issues, um, and they mm-hmm. see death a lot more yeah. than we ever do here in the United States. And when we see, when we have death here in the United States, it's, it's masked by buildings and by right. hospitals and by treatments right. and that kind of a thing and it it's different there and i mean mm-hmm. obviously they have some modern communities and it depends greatly right. on where you're at but a lot of times you experience death and see death a lot more mm-hmm. um firsthand yeah um, raw it's much more yeah, raw more, more raw and, and not so, only just death i would think probably sickness too yeah. you know they see a lot more severe sickness firsthand you know that's one of the greatest things that i've learned from kids mm-hmm. in africa is the way that they pray, um, always thanking God for the gift. Um, and they use that word a lot, yeah. whether they're talking about the food that they have, their food's a gift. Mm. You know, Lord, thank you for the gift of dinner tonight. <laughs> so they're not entitled? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I think it's just, it's a different mindset than yeah. when we just sit down and pray, you know, God, thank you for this food. Like, thank you for the gift of this food. Mm. Like, this came from you and you didn't have to give it to us tonight, but you did. Yeah. Um, Very You want to cool. share a story? Sure. And disclaimer, when CJ told me we're, we're going to be talking about the kids, <laughs> I can only think of the adults that I so, worked with in Africa. So perfect. So minor, minor more about adults, but, um, it's just cause the environment I was in was different, but, um, and it's funny going off of what you just shared, there was, um, the house I, I stayed with, we had, um, a husband and wife work, work for us uh-huh. essentially. And it was Thomas and Zipporah, and that's their names. And we called her Zippy, which is so much fun. And she's just one of those people that has a huge smile. So Zippy totally fits. Um, uh-huh. But going on with kind of what you were just saying, how they view things as a gift. I just remember, I think the one of the biggest takeaways is um, Thomas did all the yard work and Zippy did all the housework. And, you know, we employed them and, and everything. And... They just, first of all, they got to work uh-huh. 6 a.m. You know, they worked all day and then they would walk home at night, you know, and it right. would be dark by the time they're getting home. And they just did not complain 
ever, you know, and I just think about how often everybody we talk to is like a lot of people complain about their work and oh, their yeah. jobs and nobody's happy with yeah. what, what they do and how they make a living. I, uh, I heard the other day, 80%, like the, the research says that 80% uh, of Americans hate their jobs mm. and, and complain about it and just really just want to work anywhere else yeah. or something like that. And I, I fall into that too, right. you know, and it's, it's so easy to fall into that mindset and I just, I remember Zippy would be mopping the floor, you know, and she mopped the floor every day because it's dusty there. And she would be whistling or singing or humming, just yeah. joy, you know, just so grateful, um, you know, to be able to be employed. So yeah. I think that's one huge thing that probably good that we re <laughs> readdress these because I need to be reminded of that, right, you I know. You. So. so the next thing, are you done? Yeah, there? I'm done. Go okay, ahead. Okay, so uh, the, the second thing, that I've learned from kids in Africa um, is to take care of your Bible. So this is really interesting. So I saw this when I was in Kenya and I mm -hmm. saw this when I worked with the kids choir that I've mentioned. Um, but we're so accustomed in our culture to just having access to God's word everywhere, right. whether it's obviously on your phone or your, your app or whatever. And or, how many Bibles do we have here? Yeah. Four uh, Bibles know. on your bookshelf. Right. And yeah. So, uh, I, I think it's just, um, you know, but when I was working with the, the choir, uh, about halfway through one of the tours, or, or a couple of them, when I would, a couple of the different tours, is uh, one of the one of the really th cool things that would happen every now and then would a church a church would donate Bibles to all of the kids, mm. and um, I just remember seeing how how much they uh, just just protected their right. what they had uh, and protected their Bible and how how they viewed it as sacred, hmm. uh, which is very, very different from the way that we view it today. Oh, yeah. You know, I love the fact that, you know, you can have scripture on your phone, scripture on your computer, and scripture on the Internet and all that kind of stuff. Right. But there's a, a there's a thing about it that makes it less sacred when it's just the text on your right. phone. Uh, you you approach it with less reverence and less respect. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and I think we've we've lost some of that. Uh, you know, I, I think about the ancient times when, um, when you know when scripture was just on scrolls. You know, mm -hmm. and how there are just countless stories of how in the Bible of how they just respected the right. word and how they respected. Uh, yeah, re yeah, yeah, respected the word and protected it, and just looked at mm -hmm. looked at it as sacred. And they didn't worship the word, but they, it was God's word, right. so they protected it. And that is what I saw and learned from these kids mm -hmm. uh, is that that God's word is sacred, and I need to view it like that, even though it's you know so accessible here. Yeah, ex exactly. Even though it's it so hard. accessible, yeah. it's no less sacred, no less deserving of my reverence and right. respect. Wow. I think it's just sometimes so easy to just, well, definitely take it for granted, but especially if you've grown up reading the Bible, right? it's so easy to look at it as, oh, the Bible, you know, and, and it stops having meaning, you know, or right. that, that emotional meaning, but that's cool. All right. Very neat. Your turn. Okay. Um, so my next one um, is um, basically an example of... Um, hospitality and sacrifice okay um that i witnessed and um so we were in kenya 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's I've the, heard of that <laughs> there's, um, Kibera, the slum, you know, mm-hmm. which is one of the largest right. there. Um, it's right outside of Nairobi. And, um, there was a pastor that we worked with and what we did is we ran kind of a Bible college within Kibera and the pa- one of the pastors and his family, they had the means to live outside, you know, within um, within Nairobi or, or yeah. wherever that, you know, they could have lived outside the city or outside the slums, right. but, um, he, he made the decision, uh, pastor Elijah and his family to sacrifice all of that and live within the slum. Um, you know, which is, you know, until you experience the environment of a slum, you know, you only have the pictures to go off of, Right. but to, to ultimately choose that lifestyle in order to, um, be accessible to, to reach more people. Yeah, to be accessible to the the students that were going through the Bible college, as well as they did weekly evangelism. Yeah. You know, and um, for me, it's like that is just the ultimate of they. He chose for his family to give up comfort and um, ease. You know, I mean, and they chose to live in within the slums. Yeah. You know, and. Um, and, and they invited us over and cooked us a meal, you know, and, and just invited us into their, their life a little bit. Um, but I just, I mean, I just remember, and they're an incre- they were an incredible family, but just seeing that mm-hmm. that decision, you know, to be intentional um, is really challenging. The decision to sacrifice so deeply. Yes. And I mean, long term, you know, right. it's not like they, they're just doing this for six months. I mean... This is where or they've raised their kids, trip. right? This is where they've raised their kids, you know? And so I just, that's pretty much it. I just, you know, they come yeah, to mind for great. sure. So, well, uh, you're right. Your stories have nothing to do with kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but mine do. Uh, so, but thank you. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate your contribution. Um, so the third thing that I've learned from kids in Africa, <laughs> it's just funny. Um, uh, this is probably uh, the the one that I'm, I'm most passionate about. I don't know. There's, uh, this one hit home a, a big time for me. Um, is that worship, what I've learned is that worship means a lot more uh, than just standing and mumbling some words with my arms crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, so working, uh, if, you've, if you've ever been to Africa, surely you've, you've, hopefully you had the chance to go to an African worship service and that's what a lot of people talk about when mm-hmm. they come home from their trips is like these ridiculous uh african services that are three hours long right. and it's just all singing singing and dancing and uh you're the white person there that's really out of place <laughs> you know, you're the american there that's really out of place and uh one of the reasons you're so out of place is because uh you, you stand out because you're not as engaged right and at the level that they are. You almost feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was the same thing with the, the kids choir that I worked with that mm-hmm. obviously it was a choir, but along with the singing, they, they did dancing. There was mm-hmm. a lot of dancing and choreography and that kind of a thing. Uh, and it, it kind of uh, represents a lot of what happens in the African church. Um, and so what I learned is that uh, through through that experience is that um, that I am I'm a very passive worshiper, hmm. you know, and you know what's and I shared this with you yesterday briefly. 
uh, just one of the, one of the things that hit me really really hard is that these people looked like they're at a sporting event. Right. These people looked like they you know had just you know they just got news that they are cancer free or that they got to meet right. Justin Bieber yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know you know that in America here we go we we, we dance and holler and hoot for our sports teams and yeah. we go crazy when we meet a celebrity and we passively worship our savior. Yeah. It's just like there's something very backwards about that. Hmm, that's um, a good point. That we, I can get more excited rooting for a basketball team during March Madness than for a college singing. that I've never yeah. even heard about <laughs> than I can uh, you singing, know, and singing in on, on Sunday morning. Yeah. And, you know, there's there are a lot of examples in the Bible where, um, where, where we're encouraged to be uh go i guess take take our worship to the next level right. and be quote unquote undignified yeah and you know lose ourselves in our mm-hmm. devotion and you know second samuel 6 14 which we studied a little while ago uh was uh is a verse that says that david was dancing before the lord with all his might while he and all israel were bringing up the ark of the lord um and how he just let yeah. himself go right and yeah, I think I think that's about the rest. That's about the that's you know, I mean that's, the core of my story. Yeah, but that's convicting. How but how passively our culture is and mm-hmm. how Christianity is in the United States in large part. Yeah, uh, how passively we we worship God. And I, I sometimes wonder why why is it like that? You know why it's is the it the culture that, of the church? I think. Yeah. It was like, how did we get there? And because I, I experienced something similar. I went to a woman's conference there and the women were the same way, just dancing and singing. And they were all in their own moment worshiping, you know, and speaking in their native languages and, you know, different things like that. It's just like the difference, you know, how do, how do we right. get where we are? You know, and, and I mean, even just personally, you know, right? Not as the church like, as a whole, but it. I mean, it's an interesting thing to you know look at. You know, I I, I just kind of threw out there the church as a whole, but I mean, this is a personal thing. Like, why right. is it that I can get more jazzed about the Braves hitting a home run right. and go crazy than I can about um, remembering the fact on a you know Sunday morning that my sins are, are yeah. paid for and forgiven like what where's the disconnect there mm-hmm. and how can i reconnect that um be, mm. because that that's something that it's just like and i guess the excuse is like well you know i'm kind of conditioned to it like i'm familiar right. with that i already know like well the braves hit home runs all the time you know right. there's 162 games they win games all the time yeah but We're yet yeah. i can consistently get pumped up when the braves win a baseball game mm-hmm. like without fail like it's just it pumps me up, but where's the disconnect when it comes to getting pumped up on a regular basis about what God has done? For right, me? and that's uh, that is just a huge thing that I learned uh, from these kids and really from the the culture now. Yeah, that's great. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Right, go ahead. You want to share? You have one more story. So next week in church, are you going to be running <laughs> up and down and singing loud? See, and and <laughs> right. And so there's the questions like, how do? What do and you that's do? What do, I, yeah. what do I do? Do with that because maybe it's something I've got to figure out in private or, or just emotionally or in yeah. my heart. I think uh, it's just about learning how to emotionally connect with that. You know? Yeah, because I mean, there. I, is it? Is the right? Because sometimes I have experienced that, you know, and I don't care and. 
you're you you just kind of let loose, and then there are other times where yeah yeah you remember remember that time you ran up on stage and got arrested? <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. You're silly. Okay. But no, good point. Very convicting. Um, moving on? Yeah. Okay. Um, so my last one is going back to Zippy. Um, and I'm telling you, this oh, lady. Oh, Zippy. I mean, it, I went in, what, 2009, and I still remember her to a T. You know, I mean, she's just an incredible a long time woman. Ago. I know. Um, incredible woman. And um, for her, there was one instance, and she, you know, she was the one that did our housework or helped with the housework. She didn't do uh -huh. everything. Um, but, you know, in, in Kenya, if you live near a city, the power tends to just kind of go out whenever it pleases. Right. Um, and we, we ran. We're done for the day, yeah. guys. Let's shut, shut it, it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know when it's coming back on, you know. So we would, would experience that. And we, our water was a well. And, you know, we needed the electricity to run, get water from the well. And um, so. Sounds like you needed a UV water filter from <laughs> preparemymission.com so that you could purify your water in any situation. Well, we did need that. However, uh, this was to wash our clothes. So ah. we had washing machines that, you know, we would use the well water to, to wash the clothes. Well, when the power goes out, you can't run any of it, right? So um, I just remember without being asked, you know, we. we the power was out for like three or four days at uh -huh. this point, and we really needed to do laundry, but we were like, well, oh, well. And um, I just remember Zippy, just without being asked, you know, grabbed all the clothes and started hand washing them, mm -hmm. you know. And um, she taught me how to do it, you know. I mean, it was, a, it was a great experience, but I just remember, like, she just saw a need and just went for it, yeah. you know. And, and I'm telling you, that is some hard work, and... I, those women that do this every day, it is unbelievable. Your back hurts, your arms hurt, you get calluses on your fingers. I mean, it's just, it's a lot more vigor mm -hmm. vigorous than you would think. And so naturally, I just, you know, and for me as a woman, I think it hits home more for me because you learn of the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Right. Um, if, especially if you're in the church. Yeah, I strive every day to be the Proverbs 31 woman. As a, <laughs> as a female, that's, I mean, that's kind of the ultimate, like you think I want to be a P31, you know, that's, that was kind of the, what we P31. said in college, you know, is we want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And right. I just think she was just the epitome, just a tangible picture of that for me, yeah. you know, and, um, and I got the verse here. It's Proverbs um, 31, verse 17. And it says, um, it's the verse which it says, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are uh, strong for her tasks. You know, yeah. and I just think of that. And, um, you know, just what, what a Proverbs 31 woman she was, you know, just yeah. works hard without complaining and, and just does what she has to do to, to take care of things, you yeah. know, so... I don't know. That's hard work, I guess, is what I learned from her yeah. in that story. That's so. great. <laughs> so that was your last story? That was my last story. So I've got one more story, okay. and it's shorter, uh, and it's really, really practical. Uh, and you know this about me. And what I learned from kids in Africa uh, is, really families in Africa, so what we, yeah. we should just rename the podcast, know, right? too late now, <laughs> uh, is don't waste food. Yes. Um, so... Uh, food, this food is one of the and, first things I learned about you. Yeah, food and food is never wasted in their culture. Um, you know why would and the reason is is obvious. You know why would we spend so much time working to feed the family, then overcook, overserve, and throw the rest mm -hmm. away? 
um, especially since there are so many, there's such a lack of refrigeration and that kind of a right. thing. You cook only what you know you're sure you're going to mm-hmm. eat. Um, and we have the very, a very opposite approach here in the U.S. where we cook uh, plenty to make sure that everyone has enough and there's no chance that we're going to run out. Right? right. We we over cook mm-hmm. on purpose. Right. I mean, what? When was the last time you cooked a meal and didn't have have leftovers right. to put in the fridge. Um, and interestingly enough, how we overcook and overprepare in the United States became kind of an issue when I was working with the mm-hmm. kids choir um, because, you know, we, we serve these giant portions and whatever you don't eat, we scrape in the trash can. Well, it's kind of a joke working with the choir that all the kids would gain a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because they were, they were taught that you don't waste anything. Right. Uh, these, these, they clean their plates and you're going to clean your plate. Yeah. And then the others, the, the flip side of that, which is kind of harder to deal with is like, well, you never know where, where, where your next mm-hmm. meal is going to come from. So right. you better eat as much as you can now. And that's what we had to, we had to teach them. What, what we had to teach them was, you know, you're you're gonna get three square meals a day, and you you do know you can rely on right, that. Uh, and you don't have to overeat on purpose. Yeah. Um. And what I learned from them is like you know we've got so much food. Like right. why do we, what are we doing scraping all this in the garbage and and you know that that mindset of like why would we intentionally make way too much? Mm. Um. It's something that I've had had to deal with and right. you you know me that I do not like to throw away food that's no, just you like don't. the worst thing in the world we're throwing away food are you yeah. kidding me it's just like the ultimate expression of uh i think oh, wasteful well, yeah wasteful is like okay you didn't we didn't have to cook that much right. and we did mm-hmm. you know we we could have made less and then made more if we needed it you know it's right. just the ultimate i think expression of, of wastefulness yeah. in my 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 mind's eye. which i guess ultimately is being a bad steward of your resources yeah, god doesn't okay. want you to be wasteful with your resources you know it's just food is just that essential mm-hmm. thing that i think anyways yeah i hear you so anyways uh, but it's just kind of funny that they these kids would always gain so much weight <laughs> when they were on tour here and then they would go home and lose it all because yeah. they entered back into their culture where, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to just, you know, make gobs and gobs of food just right. to make sure that we have, you know, gobs and gobs of leftovers. And right. Whatever. Um, that was it. It's good. So those are a couple of the stories that we, yeah. we've we've held on to over the years. Uh, and we'll be going on uh, a trip later this year, uh, not to Africa, but. Honduras. Did mm-hmm. I mention this? Yeah, just briefly though. Um, so later this year, we'll have a lot more firsthand experience to share and more stories yeah. from the field and that kind of a thing, which is what I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, yeah, with that, you know, uh, if you want to connect with us, uh, you know, if you've had an opportunity to go overseas, whether it's to Africa or South America, or Europe, Asia, wherever, what have you learned from the locals? Mm-hmm. What have you learned from the local kids? Uh, you know, what What have you carried with you? And, and um, you can share that with us by tweeting at us at Prep My Mission. You can connect with us on Facebook prepare, at facebook.com slash prepare my mission. Uh, Instagram or prepare my mission. Or you can send us an email, CJ or Terry at prepare my mission. We like to connect. We, 
This is a one-sided thing, it feels like, uh, podcasting, and we'd love to hear stories from you guys. Uh, and we'll respond, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, with that, we'll move on to our listener question. Thanks for listening. This week's question comes from Carolina. And Carolina, this is a cool name. That is a cool name. Uh, emailed us and said... This summer, I'm going on my first long-term mission trip to Southeast Asia for three months. I have to raise over $6,000, which seems impossible, and I don't know where to start. How do you approach fundraising when you have to raise three times more than the average mission trip? Mm. Do you want to jump in or do you want me to answer first? I want to hear what you have to say. So, <laughs> I'm so proud. This is the first time I've heard the yeah, question. I just threw that at you. <laughs> so I had time to think about it, and I think the the... You know, the way that I would do it is, um, you know, there's no easy way to raise $6,000 quickly, um, but you have to break it into smaller monthly goals. You know, you got to find out when you need to have your fundraising in by, let's break that up into 30 day uh, increments and let's, let's create a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're not going to make $6,000 probably in one fundraising event. So uh, Picking a couple of fundraising ideas and staggering them one one a month or two a month if you have to um, is going to be your best bet, you know. Yeah. Uh, and if you're uh, if you're contributing to your own trip, you know, like if you have a part time mm-hmm. job or something like that, you know, determine how much you're going to be able to contribute every right. month and put 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 a plan in place. You know, most people when they fundraise don't have a plan; they just Go for it. <laughs> Excuse me. They they throw throw out their support link and they send mm. their support letters and hope they get what they need back. And when you're raising a, a, a larger amount of money, that doesn't usually work right yeah. away. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I would, I agree. And I was gonna say, um, you know, try and figure out a way to contribute part of it. You know, so you're only so you're only say if you can somehow put $2,000 towards it, then you'll have to raise 4000 And then, right. you know, just, I guess, having a realistic expectation that it's going to take some hustling, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and not every fundraising event that you do is going to work, you know, and you may have to just try a lot of different things. But also being, um, being upfront with people of, you know, hey, this is how much I'm going to, this is how much yeah. I need, you know, yeah, not just... Where- fundraising in general yeah that's where having an online we've talked about this having an online page which still floors me that so many people don't mm-hmm. uh having an online fun, fundraising page where you can where people see the thermometer see how much you have uh to reach your goal or how much you need to re- reach your goal it goes a long mm-hmm. way in in encouraging people that hey you know this is that's a big gap there. You know, let me see if we can bump this up and really right. really help out. Because otherwise, if you just get a blind letter in the mail, you're just like, mm, $25, you know, $30, right. I don't know. Sure, here you go. I don't know how much more you need, so yeah, here you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, plan- planning a few events out there, you know, in the, in the future, uh, contributing yourself goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Having a steady income of part-time grocery bagging or mm-hmm. mowing yards or something. And the key is just not to get overwhelmed, you know, break yeah. it into smaller goals. And remember that God knows exactly how much money you need to fundraise and he's not worried about it. You know, I almost, in fact, I cannot remember a single time I've ever heard of somebody not going on a trip because 
They didn't yeah. raise. You're right. I haven't either. I'm sure it's happened. I mean, surely it's mm -hmm. happened, but I can't remember those moments. Yeah. So trust that it, it, it comes through, but put in the effort. Yep. If you have a question that you'd like answered, you can email us at podcast at preparemymission.com. That lets us know that you're okay with us talking about it on the podcast or send us a message on Twitter or Facebook. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's roll into, uh, what are we at here? Oh, a little over 30 minutes. Let's keep on going here. Uh, we'll tell you about what's going on on the website and we'll wrap this up. Um, so it's fundraising season. Uh, we're in the heart of March. It sure here. is. Uh, so we've got a couple of fundraising related things that we've put up on the website. Uh, the newest thing is, uh, or two new things, uh, Uber Practical Fundraising Guide on how to seek local business sponsors. So if you're wondering, how do you approach, you know, like you can talk to your friends and family, but hey, a really great way to do it is also to talk to your local businesses and see if, you know, a lot of times they have donations and giving built mm -hmm. into their budget, you know, community support. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times they'll be willing to, you know, help you out. Yeah. Um, so we teach you how to do that in six steps. Um, so if you go to preparemymission.com slash fundraising, you'll see that right away. We'll link to it in the podcast notes as well. Uh, and then we've just published a new article, Nine Odd Fundraising Ideas That Might Just Work. And this is based on a podcast we did about a month ago, mm -hmm. uh, 10 Odd Fundraising Ideas That Might Just Work. I left the one out that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because in written form, it didn't have the same humor. <laughs> that uh, I left your crockpot cook-off. Yeah, off you were kind with your words on that. I, I left your crockpot cook-off as an idea, even though... Uh, we didn't hear back from anybody that mentioned anything. <laughs> Remember you put out the call like, Hey, if you're doing the crock pot cook off, uh, let me know. No hey, one, but that might be more of a summer thing. I no don't one know. let us know. You no know, know. <laughs> just saying, uh, and you, we'll link to that in the podcast. There's notes still time. Well. <laughs> There's still time. Yes. If you are hosting a crock pot cook off, cook -off. Terry wants to hear how it goes and how much money you raise yeah. uh, to validate her idea. <laughs> Genius Make CJ a believer is more like it. <laughs> um, and that's it. So those two new things there. Um, and that's it for episode, what, 23? Episode 23 of our podcast. We'll have another podcast for you two Tuesdays from now, which is April 7th, uh, the day after opening day? opening opening day. Yeah, I think it's that Monday. Yeah, Monday the 6th. Which means I'm sure our banter, pretty sure. chatter will be about opening day. Oh, man, I hope I'm not wrong on that. Pretty sure it's April 6th, opening day. I think it is. And then that Friday is when they have their first first opening day here in Atlanta, mm -hmm. the Braves home opener. Right. So um, maybe we'll see you there. I don't know. <laughs> um, if you've made it this far in our podcast, uh, just a quick request. Uh, if you leave us a review on iTunes... We would love it. And I know if you listen to podcasts all the time, they mention this all the time. Hey, leave us a review. Uh, and no one ever leaves reviews. I don't leave the reviews. Everybody's busy. Who leaves reviews for a mm -hmm. podcast? But um, if if you can, we would really, really appreciate it. We actually, uh, we don't get many reviews, obviously, just because we're a small podcast and such a small you know, percentage actually do leave reviews. But we got a really nice review from somebody uh, this past week that someone said that we're friendly, energetic, and approachable, uh, uh, that our podcasts are friendly, energetic, and approachable, and that 
Uh, we never lay on the guilt trip, but engage listeners in taking hold of the Great Commission, which was really, really nice. Yeah. Felt so very encouraged was, by that. That was UPSUP08. So, uh, so thank you. Really appreciate the positive feedback. Yeah. Uh, you can post negative feedback there, too. <laughs> That's CJ, are we really inviting that? <laughs> no. Uh, but we do appreciate that. We are told that reviews are what help get your podcast noticed by iTunes. Um, and we want to get these uh, conversations in front of more and more people. You know, we want to, we, we know that whatever audience we have is God given. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Sorry. You're t- Terry's giving me the wrap it up <laughs> thing. All right. So I'm wrapping it up. Uh, the music's coming, uh-huh. right? Uh, don't forget to join our email list for your weekly dose of encouraging words. You can find the show notes for this podcast as well as previous episodes of the podcast at preparemymission.com slash podcast podcast finally if you visit preparemymission.com yeah that music's coming uh, visit our homepage on the web and you'll find links to Facebook Twitter Pinterest Instagram connect with us all week long and uh, that's it ooh music's coming can you hear it ready to wrap it up (laughs) yeah until next time I'm CJ I'm Terry and thank you for listening